Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash Irish Tech News. Hello and welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. My name is Melanie Boylan and I'm here today with a remarkable young lady. Angelica is a political researcher, a human rights advocate and a Tech for Good founder and is here at Dublin Tech Summit um, enlightening us with her future products and, and projects and uh, it's just an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast properly at last. So welcome. Melanie, thank you so much for your invitation. I'm really honored to be talking to you because I see how much you care about the future of the humanity, um, the future where um, where innovation is at the center, but at the same time, there are certain risks. So I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. So when it comes down to creating an atmosphere of, of breeding a fresh open mind and building democracy and building a greater scope of reaching these refugees who are coming to every country. It's not just here, is it? It's not just Ireland, but it's just wherever they're landing. How is, um, let's ask about tech refugees. How, how are they helping people find themselves and, and build upon their, you know, their experience and normalize themselves again. Can you speak on that at all? Well, I can speak about that both from personal perspective. As as a displaced person myself, um, which proves that anyone can be displaced regardless of the country of your origin, work can happen anywhere. Uh, Tech PGs, they have created safe networks that help um, displaced people in times of crisis access needed resources where the values of integrity, privacy, uh, protection, safety, their security and respect are really um, vital. So um, TechPGs do a lot of initiatives to support this and recently we've been uh, working with Digital Opportunity Trust to uh, co-design the session. The the purpose of that was to uh, use the voices of young leaders to uh, address the the worst problems that um, refugees and displaced people encounter in the community and refugees were one of the partners in it. And um, there are many initiatives uh, that are similar to that. However, uh, the most important to me personally is that um, these are the trusted communities. The evacuations, the um, the new life uh, support in the country of the hosting state, in the hosting state for the displaced people has been directed by the organization that connected with the trusted resources uh, with an access to um, to work opportunities, to workshops, to uh, to the best, better integration of displaced people. Uh, but most important um, for, for me personally, it was the trust because I didn't know anyone when I came to Ireland. And then uh, thanks to TechFugees community, I just suddenly knew the most trustworthy people in the country. And uh, that was that was great for me personally. That's why I advocate for these values because I saw that. Okay, so as a political researcher, um, is this something that you, when you first arrived, um, or maybe it was something you aspired to before you even came here. Have you? Is it an area you've always been involved in? 
It's a, an excellent question because um, because of my um, origin, Afghan and Ukrainian, I have always been in the in 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 this area since my childhood uh, because the conflict has been always on our minds and um, my father left Afghanistan and I knew the whole story of the family that is still there uh, and when the Taliban took over in 2021 it was still there it the conflict didn't um, it, it didn't go anywhere so all my childhood I was actually prepared for the moment to uh, to do this to study politics to um, to contribute to research because I was surrounded by that I I figured as much, to be honest, but you you just don't know, don't you? So now it's going on to the the element of the tech for good. Um, Now, not everybody is into tech. Not everybody understands it. Um, So what brought you to this particular space? Was there an innovation that you appreciated or used? Or are you involved um, with a company or a community? Um, Or is it something that, you know, the tech for good community approached you about? Well, I've always been interested in innovation and how innovation can be used for good, for the betterment of the society. Uh, When I arrived to Ireland, I was surrounded by incredible people. Um, One of the examples is uh, Tech Found Her, Tech for Good Dublin, uh, the communities that actually promote change. And I was... I was actually advised by them to start doing things because at the beginning, you know, you have some doubts because becoming an entrepreneur, it's, um, it's a challenging path. It's, it's a very responsible path. Um, but due to the mix of the circumstances, both because of the war, I became more brave, and also because of uh, the incredible help of the community in Ireland, uh, and also uh, because of my, um, my scientific uh, group, they were also helping me promote innovation and and be practical about it i decided that yes i i will go to i I will take this this path and no matter what i i really hope to um to solve some of the biggest matter problems that currently exist and we just uh, heard incredible talk by adam uh founder of siri um and i was really inspired even more here in Dublin, there is so much going on to inspire young people, and I've never seen this anywhere in the world. So, um, real entrepreneurship and um, and possibilities to actually solve the problems you dream to solve—it's um, possible here because you are surrounded by the communities that actually do care. That's what I said at the beginning of our talk. Uh, it's incredible to see people who care, and it's very rare in the world to see those people. So, I'm lucky in that aspect. Yeah, the um, when you bring this all together, I hadn't realised that all of this or a lot of this, sorry, happens here in Ireland. So, uh, so that's that's quite eye-opening, um, and I guess that's down to opportunity and and connections and that sort of stuff. So, I guess you had no feeling of misinformation, did you? When you got here, you you were given access to information immediately on arrival. So. How, and I know you can't speak in depth on this because it's not all public or not already yet, but how do you feel that your new startup will be able to um, help people with misinformation? Will it be through apps, through websites, through in-person meetings? Um, how, how would you think that, that how p- will people find your resources? Um, excellent question. 
Well, actually, I did suffer from misinformation, but I didn't really believe it because uh, I was very critical in in accepting any kind of content. In uh, that's why that's what I was taught at uh, King's at War Studies Department to think critically about anything you consume. But I saw the impact of misinformation in my family, on my grandma, on my mom, on my dad, on my on my cousins, and on everyone I know. And suddenly it came to me that critical thinking is is actually super important for survival because when I was um, told and when I was analyzing the um, political landscape before the war, I was actually telling many people to be aware of these certain uh, strategies that um, bots and, and uh, bad actors will use to uh, to put the seeds of misinformation into people's mind to uh, spread polarization. But people didn't believe me, even my, my surroundings, because the because it was never on the mind, it was never on the agenda. And that's why, even though I did know how to counter misinformation, I knew that people around me did not. And that's, that's the, that was the prime problem. Now they all do, of course, but, but that's the tough lesson was, that was learned. Um, my idea, and I am really grateful for this question, because I do think that projects that bring together um, humanity to think, to actually think, to wake up, to criticize everything that they are fed. That's so important to be, I mean, not, not criticize in a bad way, but just be aware that it can be uh, suspicious content. And now in the era of deep fakes, where anyone can um, put a compromising image of themselves or other people online, it's so vital to protect our children, the next generation, from these terrible consequences because they will be the ones that will suffer from negative um, solutions, from negative situations that are currently, um, I mean, I, I, that, that AI can, can potentially have. I am not AI optimist. I'm not an AI pessimist. I'm just a realist. And I do believe that there are amazing things AI can do. However, we need to teach the next generation how to um, how to process this. And the recent report by the UNESCO was uh, showing it actually showed an incredible thing. It showed that um, young people age 12, they 11, 12, they don't even have an ability to think critically. They believe everything internet feeds them. So this is so important to to wake up, to wake up our kids, and to obviously to wake ourselves up first. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, um, especially as I have a child of that age already, we're two children of that age already. Um, and I guess because they are our future as well, they're also going back with, with their new lessons, that, you know, the stuff that you're, you're hope, hopefully teaching them with their critical thinking from 12 and up. Um, that will go back to the parents as well and help re-educate them as well. So do you think the parents are going to be a big barrier to these children because they have already been, I suppose, brainwashed or um, they feel they know better? I think that that is a twofold question. I think on the one hand, parents will, will actually put their biases aside when it takes when, when it, the question is the safety and security of their children. And when the, um, the new challenges for security are really dangerous, 
And I can tell from people that I was talking to that have kids, um, it's it's really hard job to keep uh, the children safe online. Now it's going to become even a harder job um, because mm, it's hard to explain what is deep fake for for 11, 10 year old because um, they are programmed to believe those things. So and also the problem is. Even if we talk about OpenAI, the filtering system is really biased. Um, they say that the filtering is just for people older than 13. However, uh, well, still, uh, it's like it's a very young age. It doesn't say it's not that 13 year old can actually use uh, ChatGPT. I don't believe that. I think it should be. Uh, I, I think there should be some regulations around it, and there is a lot of legislation called control that has to be implemented for young people to not to harm themselves with the information that they are not ready and they are not prepared for. However. Um, in, uh, in the recent um, talk to Congress, Sam Altman said that uh, users are much more sophisticated than we think. Um, I think it's a little bit naive to assume that because uh, we, we deal with uh, situations where there are hallucinations, where there is misinformation, where there is a lot of potential risks for safety, and there has been already cases where um, people were misled by ChatGPT. What about kids? This is, this is a big concern. So I do believe that AI has incredible solutions, but we need to teach our kids to think critically and maybe even um, to critically analyze ChatGPT. Uh, if we had a curriculum at school, for example, where they could make, um, th they could um, train and uh, learn and actually correct mistakes of ChatGPT, that would be amazing. Because I, I don't believe that um, it's as optimistic as they are trying to tell us. Um, I, as you were speaking there, I was thinking about the conversations that I have with my own children, 12 and 15, and how they push back against, well, this is what I've heard. And now I, I'm not sure if I'm right or they are. I don't know whether my information is outdated. I mean, everywhere we look, um, whether it's through ChatGPT or just through our own searches, we work within our own internal and external biases. We're influenced by so many different things. Um, we're, influ we're influenced by TV shows. We're influenced by how a product looks when you buy it off the shelf. Um, so. My, I suppose my extremely broad question is, is how do you know when you're right? <laughs> um, you challenge your right. That's the answer. Um, you know, I was thinking about this question a lot because algorithms feed us information that we want to see. Your YouTube feed doesn't challenge your beliefs. It actually reinforces them. We are captured in the echo chambers. And I, I do personally believe the only way to, to know where you're right or wrong is to challenge your belief, to start seeking out information in new resources, to um, think about polarized opinion. And I think the future is going to be the media which can show different challenging narratives. And that's, that's where we hopefully will go because otherwise the society will be polarized 
and we will just remain in our small bubbles where we we just don't see the environment that is not in our little room. Uh, so in order to get out to the bigger world and leave our little room of biases and uh, false narratives, it's so important to challenge our beliefs and to talk to people that actually might be, and, and not only people, books, um, internet outlets, but it's hard because because they, the algorithm don't, the algorithms, most um, social media networks do not allow that. So that, that's, that's a big problem. The other thing with algorithms is it, it's not just um, what you see on the feeds, but it's also what's in, in it for the person who's putting out the content as well. We all seem to think what's in it for me, but the people who are putting out the products are thinking themselves, what's in it for me? Not for you that's consuming it, but what's in it for me by putting this content out in the first place? And as a, I, I re refer to this as viewing and doing, okay? So I'm a viewer, I look at my feed on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, but I'm also doing because I'm also creating content as a journalist, as a podcaster, um, and you know, what kind of information am I trying to put to people as well? And how do I want it to be interpreted? There's just so many ways that this conversation could go. It's, it's terrifying. Um, so what I'd like to know now is your startup is ho hopefully starting towards the end of 2023. Um, so I assume you're going to be working with your partners and working with, you know, coordinating how this is all going to come out. Um, so when are we hoping to hear about this new product and are you able to give it a name yet? Oh, thank you, thank you so much for for this question, uh, because um, I'm really anticipating this. I don't want to make any promises because I'd rather um, I'd rather deliver first. <laughs> um, but I hope to to see it um, in action in autumn, and you will be the first one, um, third journalist. I'll I'll actually contact to tell this uh, beforehand because it's it's really. Um, it's, it's an exciting time to to challenge the problems that can become existential for humanity. So I do believe it's going to be timely. Um, about the uh, name, I can't tell it yet, but <laughs> but but I, I will, I will, I will uh, tell it soon, very soon. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. She thinks she actually has already got a name. She's just not saying it yet. Um, okay. Well. Having conversations with with a generation such as yourself, Angelica, it just is massively inspiring the power that as a young person you wield and how you're using it so responsibly is refreshing. Um, so thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm very, very grateful that uh, you've carved out some time for me. And um, you heard it here, folks. She's going to tell me first. <laughs> So that's all the time we have for now, but we'll be back very soon with another podcast. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook. 
Facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, TikTok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.